We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Light years live on YouTube. Andy Lou, the Warriors won over the Sacramento Kings Sunday night. We're recording this. Uh, we will not acknowledge the 49ers game uh, because we're not, you know, because we're not credentialed to speak about that. Um, hey, before before we get going here, um, we just did a show on playback for the Warriors game that we just talked about um, that we do on a weekly basis. We'll be doing one next Sunday. Uh, we've kicked off our Patreon. You can always check out Sam's bio, my bio, right? We've got a bunch of extra things like the Discord and shows and Q&A and mailbags and all that stuff that we do that, that Sam and I put together, mostly Sam. Um, so you can always feel free to subscribe and support the podcast and, and rate five stars. We are, uh, we've, we're doing a bunch of new shit like, like this, like YouTube Lives, right, this season. So we appreciate everyone uh, uh, joining us and supporting us through the, uh, through the journey uh, for two guys that are you know, two guys that are beloved in the Bay Area, Samuel, right? Two guys that are beloved by Warriors fans. But uh, somehow people get mad at us sometimes. And I always feel like I didn't, I didn't do anything this week. You know, I was sick this week and people get mad at us. And uh, I don't know, Sam, your, your thoughts. Your, your, your thoughts on what, what, what happened in the Bay Area media landscape this week. You know, what's funny is, so you're referring to that clip we saw circulate around uh, where they were very clearly talking about how uh, you and I are not qualified, we're not credentialed, we're not experts. Um, I thought about not responding, taking the higher road, uh, being the bigger person. But I don't know that I think that's fair. I feel like I kind of have an obligation to all the people out there who are creating content and all the people who support us. That was weak, man. That might have been the most pathetic thing I've heard someone say in the last year, like gatekeeping in 2022. What are, what are we doing here? Like, I, I thought I was in a time machine back to 2012 with Jay Mariotti, like telling Steve Berman how he can't, uh, who was a barrier sports guy. You didn't go to Northwestern like me or whatever BS guys like that say like, <laughs> I laughed. Uh, I laughed especially hard because it was a host um, 
of a show in which, uh, you know, they've reached out to you and I about hosting more than once in the past, and we appreciate them. And, you know, it's a great network over there, and I like the people who work over there. Um, and I have nothing uh, but reverence and, and positive feelings towards people over there. But, like, come on, man. Yeah, it always feels like uh, we don't we, – have you ever taken a shot at someone, Sam? I don't believe you have. Um, I, I don't no. believe – you know, if there was one person on this on this show that would do something like that, it would be me. But I don't. I don't. I'm 31. I, you know, I I'm pretty relaxed. To me, it always it always reeks a little bit of jealousy. Uh, I'm not saying that we are uh, Bill Simmons on this podcast. We don't have millions of downloads, but <laughs> we have a lot of people that enjoy this show. We have a lot of people that enjoy talking to us. We have a lot of people that enjoy um, supporting us, right? Um, with with the help of a lot of other people along the way, um, producer Tim and 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 Neil and and Sheed, of course, who who always has our back. Um, I just, it always feels like when somebody says something like that, it, it feels like it comes off as jealousy to me, um, because it feels like a, a, a lot of people get, get a little, feel a certain way. And they're like, well, why does Andy and Sam have, have people enjoying the show so much if, if they don't, you know, actually credentialed or they don't have any sources. And I don't know, man, maybe because people just enjoy two dudes fucking sitting here shooting the shit. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing it for 10 years, you know? Maybe because we're more original than you. Maybe because our takes are more authentic, more original than you. I don't know what else to say. Like, it, you are correct. It reeks of insecurity. That's where it comes across. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to people talk about their credentials and I'm going, okay, what have you done with them? For what I can tell, like, yeah, great. You got a credential because you used to make coffee for Gary Radnich in the 90s. Congratulations, bro. You know, and it's like you're an expert, expert at what tweeting out. I can confirm this after the athletic actually breaks news, like grow the fuck up, man. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What is it even? What, what is what are we doing here? Like, it's a podcast. The entire point of the show is to have a conversation. Hopefully it's an entertaining conversation. Hopefully it's one that you guys enjoy. Um, you may like the takes. You may hate the takes. My mentions tend to uh, make it feel like a lot of you hate my takes all the time. It is what it is, though. Ah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Losers. I think uh, I agree. By the way, stand corrected before we get going. We do do millions of downloads, Sam. We do. Millions and millions. We, however, don't yes. do Bill Simmons levels of downloads. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, man, we appreciate everyone here. We appreciate everyone listening. Let's uh, Let's get to the good stuff. All right, so we're recording this after the Kings game. And... Um, I feel like that game was a range of emotions, right? Let's, let's go through it, right? Like in the middle of the second quarter, I was ready to proclaim Steph better than Jordan, the greatest of all time. Um, it looked way too easy. And then that second half of the game, um, it was getting into a very dark place and was getting very negative with the way the second unit was unable to stop anything and then having to put the starters back in the fourth quarter. And I think this is a roundabout way of saying you can mix it with the Denver game uh, on Friday. Uh, Denver is just a better team than Sacramento. This is the tale of two teams, two timelines, and kind of trying to manage a championship team and a development project at the same time. And that's not the easiest thing to do. And it can, it, it's kind of whiplash left and right. Yeah. Um, last season, it, it was a, um, 
there was a two timelines thing, but I think the two timelines never actually clashed because I think the young guys were actually too young and they did find a, a lot of veteran players on the bench that could end up playing and they could go eight, nine, 10 deep with just veteran guys, right? This season, I think it's become, I don't think, I still don't think it's all the way there yet, Sam. I, I do think there's still some space for them to say like, hey, we could just go heavy vet if we want. If we wanted to, we could just go sit certain guys and just and just sit uh, and just play veteran and win that game tonight by 20 points and not have it go down to five, right? But we're getting there. We're getting to the point where it is two separate teams. And tonight was a pretty striking preview of that where I thought that lineup of whatever we saw in that fourth quarter where they were up 20 plus, it was... It was it was the it was the wise whatever right it, that was the um, that was the hey we've got one team that needs to play these minutes because they need to get better at basketball versus the team that came in at the end where it's like dude we've won the biggest game ever on the biggest stage and we've got to come in and we've got to play the freaking kings after we went up by twenty six that was striking it was two entirely different basketball teams Sam and I think that that the two timelines there you could almost see clash tonight. So I feel like the the first question I want to ask you is why aren't they being staggered a little more? Um, obviously, the 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 starting unit is a championship lineup. Like literally, they just want a championship with those five guys starting. Uh, definition of a championship lineup: they know what they're doing. The second unit, it's a lot of young guys, and mixed in with those young guys is new guys like Dante DiVincenzo and even a veteran like Jamichael Green, uh, who probably is a player you think could fit in quick with the Warriors. Like He's still new to the team. It's still all new to him. Why do you think Steve Kerr's not staggering it as much? Because I feel like the obvious answer would be like, well, the way you you make this, this you know, this cocktail work where you blend young guys and champions and all that sort of thing. It's like, okay, you put like a, you put like a clay and a, a loony out there with a moody and a, and a Wiseman. Um, well, maybe not Wiseman and loony together, but you get what I'm saying where you mix it in and you put a little less pressure on the young guys. I don't have a good answer outside of, I think, I think Steve's going to do that um, here in the next few weeks. Um, other than that, I don't have a good answer. I think right now, I think Steve is, trying to I think he's trying to put minutes together for guys that he thinks is going to work together and keep it kind of segregated now part of it is clay played 27 minutes tonight but he was on a minutes limit the first couple games uh similar with Draymond who ended up playing a little bit under 30 minutes tonight so I think that might be part of it um but then again if you if you do that then that actually takes away more minutes from guys like Moses Moody right that takes away more minutes from guys like like Jonathan Kaminga so I think he will end up doing that to help those guys out um one thing we also have to notice, I think Dante DiVincenzo is probably going to be out for a little while. So it looks like he pulled a hammy. Hammies are never, you, nobody ever comes back from a hammy. This is not an ankle, right? So he's probably going to be out for a couple games. So maybe that, as, as kind of messed up as it sounds, it might help the Warriors rotation out a little bit um, to get to get everyone minutes to help stagger. But I think that would be the reason is that Steve's got a lot of tinkering to do. The hardest job of this season for him is not making sure that uh, Steph and, and Draymond and, and those guys know how to play with each other, right? That's the easiest part of the job. I could do that. Hardest job is how the hell can he incorporate these young guys into those rotations and keep them happy? Because Kaminga got big minutes, uh, not big minutes, but Kaminga got minutes today uh, in the mat matter, and he wasn't engaged. I mean, it looked like he didn't really care out there. And I mean, I and, and part of that is because he just hasn't played. He didn't play last game. 
man, you're just sitting there and you're just like, well, he's not, he, if, if he's not going to play, like he just comes in, he's not ready all of a sudden, right? So that's, it's a tough job, I think, for Steve and, and also uh, tough for, for the young guys to figure out how to play. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is potentially uh, Clay and Draymond not being off the minutes restriction, but I think, I think you nailed it. He's tinkering. He's, he's seeing what he has before he goes to it. He knows, he knows the answer is put Steph out there with guys like, but the answer can't just always be 30, you know, got to figure some stuff out. So there's some, there's some, there's some tinkering. It kind of is what it is. It didn't work versus Denver. It did work. Well, it didn't even really work that great against Sacramento, but they were able to get through it a little bit. It's just, it just kind of is what it is at this point. Um, I did think it was interesting in the Sacramento game. They changed up the rotation and the odd man out was Jonathan Kuminga. He obviously got minutes in the fourth quarter, but they wanted to go with the 10 man rotation, which makes sense. Uh, 11's tough. And Kuminga was the guy who didn't get minutes in the first. He didn't really get minutes until guys got a little little banged up towards the course of the game. He literally came in for Dante. That, That was it. Yeah. And, I think that's interesting uh, because it, it speaks to something you've said in the past about Wiseman and Kuminga. Yeah, I think I think you can almost – it's only been a couple games, but to me, in terms of those guys succeeding and putting their best position, you almost have to pick one. You almost have to pick one of those guys as the lone big, lone rim runner or rim finisher, play finisher guy – who can't really stretch the floor, can't really play make with the ball in their hands, can't dribble. So you have to have them just catch and go up, right? And and I think that's right now. I mean, we saw Wiseman play 20 minutes tonight. I mean, you could probably argue that if you really wanted to win this game, that was probably eight minutes too much, right? And uh and but I don't know if Wiseman should have gotten those. I mean, uh, Kaminga should have gotten those minutes, but I do think that if you want to have those two guys individually put in the right position you can only play one of those. For example, like Kaminga, you can play next to Moody and Jermichael Green. They're both play finishers. Yeah, Yeah. and and they're both the same player, even though they're not, right? Even though you look at those guys, they're not the same player, but they they are in terms of fit and structure. And uh, right now, it's obvious that they're choosing choosing Wiseman. And who looked, I mean, like, as as good as he is on offense, which he really is right now, he is as bad on defense. Yeah, he's two players, right? Like, because, like, it's (laughs) undeniable, like... The touch on, like, I don't, I wish he'd finish harder, but if he's just going to hit those finger rolls and those little, like, floaters, I, I don't really care. And he was hitting them like he was Steph Curry, only he's 7-1. Uh, and it's just hard to ignore that he went five for seven with six free throw attempts and 14 points and the efficiency. Um, passing getting a little better, too. Like, just general, like, the offensive feel is... Yeah, significantly good. better. And then on the other end, defensively, he's the worst center in the NBA right now. It's like at good. least of rotation players. It's not good. Um, and, and that's development right there. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, he, I would bet he improves on defense at a, you know, it, it's more likely he improves on defense than he regresses on offense, I guess is my take. Um, and, you know, from a long-term perspective, you got to feel pretty confident about that. Like, he, at some point, the game's going to slow down for him, and he should be able to at least be semi-competent defensively. But on the other hand, you're watching this, and you're like, 
it's you don't you gotta know. be an expert you don't gotta be an expert to see like he yelled at himself after one of the possessions where yeah. he got scored on and I mean, he's frustrated with himself. You know, it's it's not just like he's he's just. They were attacking him. He just yeah. You know, it's, it's the NBA is tough defensively. The center is the toughest position defensively. These are all factors that are going through it with him. Ironically, I would say Kuminga is probably farther along defensively than offensively. Easily. Um, Easily. Not a perfect defender, but he is a wing defender, and he can absolutely guard dudes one on one. But I don't really know what his role is on offense unless you're going to play um, five out or four out and let him be kind of the, the the finisher. Like when he plays next to Draymond as like the two bigs, he's really useful, but that's mostly because he's just finishing everything inside, which is kind of what Wiseman does too. Um, so it's just kind of like it's – they're both physical freaks. They both have very unique talents, and like it's kind of – it's not the easiest thing to figure out how you fit them into a team who expects to repeat. It's, it's not just about getting to the playoffs for them. They're not the Sacramento Kings trying to, uh, you know, get into the playoffs and build for two to three years down the road, hopefully. Right. It's like, no, 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 you need to, you need to have a functional role in the Western conference finals. You know, a functional role in the finals uh, because uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not a development team right now. My fear with Kaminga is that he's not getting enough development minutes in the right place. That's my fear is I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not actually, I'm not that big of a Wiseman, uh, a Kaminga believer, but I, I, I know that he could be really good and I don't think he's put in the right position to do that right now. And I think it's unfair to him. Friend of the show, TK had a tweet the other day that, you know, he was basically playing the three right now. Um, and, and, and he's battling for those minutes with Moses Moody. And, I, and to me, that's just, that's not fair. That's not fair to Kaminga. Right. If you're going to put him in a position to be a three, then you're asking him to fail. And, and that's who that's not Kaminga's fault because that's not that's not who he is. It's, it's like it's like putting um, it's like it's like putting uh, a Nico Mannion in minutes a couple of seasons ago and asking him to initiate in a big league game. And he and he's not good. It's like it's not his fault. He's not good enough. Get him off the court. And so I, I'm not I'm not so frustrated yet. But I do think he does. Steve Kerr and the and the, develop, and the coaching staff do, do have to figure out a way. They they can't just say Sam. They can't just say we're just gonna play this guy seven minutes like they did tonight. I don't. I think if Dante was healthy, Kaminga's DNP tonight. They can't. You can't do that. If you're gonna go to timelines, play him, develop him, figure something out. And uh, they're they're because he could. The the goal is he could be a guy that can play in the postseason, right? He could be a guy that's going to be guarding. You know, name a big wing, Devin Booker or something in, in the second round of the postseason. No, you or just or happen. just a guy who makes it easier for you to play Draymond at five. Like something his like big that, his sure. biggest value is allowing the Warriors to put Draymond at five, which is a nightmare for opponents. Right? Nice, nice. Anyway, I forgot we're on the live show. I gotta I gotta show off the team. <laughs> um, but like, but yeah. like, you get what I mean. Like part of the part of the way Warriors beat bigs. The way they beat Jokic, the way they get eaten off the floor is like Draymond at five, a bunch of wings who are flying all over the place and you can't keep up with us. And he fits the profile, like not saying he's there yet, but like that's kind of you want those kind of players to get there, right? Yes. And the only way to do that is is get get them on the floor and, and get I I can I know why they're choosing to play Wiseman 20 minutes, kind of rain or shine, right? Doesn't matter getting his minutes in, but I do think 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see here. It's it's literally it's only been three games, so let, we can kind of move it to other things here. It'll but it'll I, be let's let's see what happens in a couple weeks. Yeah, I want to say it's gonna be interesting because they're playing Phoenix and Miami this week. Those are two good teams, real games. Real um, games. you know, as much as we like to clown on, yeah, the Suns. You know, they were gonna fall off, but you know, world champion David. Damian Lee saving them. So uh, <laughs> hell of know. a hell of a shot I saw that was Friday night. On Friday, hell of a yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, incredible! Great, yeah. My God. So, by the way, Steph's reaction to that shot was. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just. I mean, obviously, it's his brother-in-law, but just. I mean, the guy is such the happiest guy. Is Steph not just like the most? He just likes seeing people succeed. I, I don't know. I just think it's a cool leadership trait that he has. That. I don't know. I mean, he's a great leader. Uh, you guys are all seeing what's going on in L.A. Um, that's textbook bad leadership. <laughs> Steph, on the other hand, great leader. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Can we talk about that? Let's do this. Let's pivot off of this because we're going to talk about the two timeline and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think it's a bad thing or a good thing, but it's just going to be a thing we're going to talk about a lot. Um, let's talk about something a little different. Steph Curry had 33 points tonight. He had 28 in the first half and it looked like he was on his way for 50, to be honest. He's averaging 33.3 points per game on the season. Game looks way too easy for him for a guy who's 34 and is a small guard, uh, he does not look like he's slowing down any capacity. He, he, The only player who can claim they're playing as well as him to open the NBA season is Giannis. That's it. You know? like, I know Jaw's been impressive, 
But like, it's still just it's Steph, it's Giannis. Those are the two guys who are the best players in the league. And I don't think it's particularly close. I don't think I think Jokic does some things to get in that conversation every now and then. Uh, LeBron's obviously one of the greatest of all time, so he can always have a night where you're just like, yeah, don't forget about me, right? Sure, sure. And then um, guys like KD and Kawhi, um, they have it in them a little bit, but it's like, if you're asking me, this league revolves around Steph and Giannis right now, no matter what drama is going to run the ESPN headlines every day. Those are the two dudes who are the most consistently impactful players. Uh, and, and, and in some ways, we we just tend to forget about it because there's so much focus on Wiseman, Kuminga, the future, two timelines, Joe Lacob's Death Star, never going to lose, going to win 25 titles in a row, you know, that sort of thing, uh, which is fun. And, like, I'm sure every Warrior fan would love that in, war- in eternity, but it's like – you do kind of have one of the most special players of all time in a elongated prime starting the season in a very special way. We we made that mistake literally this show by starting with talking about uh, some losers. That as well as Wiseman. Wiseman. Sorry, not the same thing. Uh, no, de- not the same thing. Wiseman, Wiseman's young. He'll, he'll figure some stuff out. Um, he's, he's not some 50-year-old hack. Uh, you know, who, who used to fucking make coffee for Ralph Barbieri, who thinks he's a journalist. So um, anyway, back to the topic. Uh, yes. And, and the point being, we should have started with talking Steph uh, in the first place, who I was, uh, if you're thinking about a singular player who doesn't have a weakness on offense, you always think about, I think you always think about Kobe or, or I think nowadays Kevin Durant, right? It's just a tall wing guy who can, who can dribble, shoot, you can't get to a shot. Has he go um, over the left, go over the right, yeah. Right shoulder, left shoulder, uh, left hand back, side went. It's not, I don't think it's close. It's Steph Curry, who has no weakness on offense. Um, he can he can come off the dribble and just break you down 20 feet away from the basket, jump shot. Or he can go to the rim, finish over a seven-foot center, falling Both down. hands. Either hand, he can go off ball, cutting, get get one of the worst offensive players in the league to actually get him the ball, finish at the rim every time. He can go off ball, take three guys with him at the three-point line and, and get Looney a wide-open dunk. He can shoot the ball from 35 feet off a step back. The guy has absolutely zero weaknesses. And the only thing that I think right now that he's not as good as versus in his true prime Actually, no, this is probably his true prime. But I think the only thing that he's probably... His younger prime. His younger prime is that he's just not as quick off the dribble. He's just not... His handle and his quickness is not as as good. But the counters that he has, some of the stuff that he's doing where he just... Tommy's Tommy's pump faking that you're saying he lost a step. (laughs) I mean, he was right. I just didn't think it mattered. And look, it doesn't matter. It reminds me because we always talk about LeBron and, and his... Like you, you agree that LeBron's Cavs prime was better than his Miami prime. You agree with that? Second Cavs prime or the first one? Yeah, second Cavs prime. Second Cavs prime. Uh, like as a yeah. player, as a player, would you agree with that? I because I, I think so. I think it's a mix. To be honest, I don't think he was. He definitely wasn't worse with the Cavs. But yeah, okay, go go go. Yeah, ahead. I think that's the. It's similar with Steph right now because I think that he's in that LeBron second 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 Cavs tenure. LeBron where he. Just know where you exactly ex- uh where you yep. expect him to drop off, but the yep. 
there's no evidence. Like you're expecting it because you have a number in your head. They're like, well, guys don't do this at this age. 34. But there, but there's no evidence on the court that suggests he's dropping off. And unpar- and, and the, the, the knowledge of the game and what he wants to do is, is it's so easy for him. Right. It's, it's, and he's the same age as LeBron was right. When he mm-hmm. was in that second tenure in Cleveland um, doing that. So I do feel like it's similar for both of those guys who are, in my opinion, the two best players of the generation of their generation, not even close, by the way, those two guys are the best. It is not close in the last 10 years. And so that's where I'm at, man. I, I think the dude, um, I didn't think he was going to slow down this season. I don't think neither. And you, you or no, I thought that, but uh fuck freaking guy looks better than ever before. It's ridiculous. The other player who I think has been a standout for the Warriors the first three games, um, and again we're buried we buried the lead a little bit. Um, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins signs a contract which we all agree is team friendly. It comes out and plays, in my opinion, better than he played last year. He picked up from where he was in the finals, which I think was like the definitive Wiggs moment, and. I mean, he's a he's a straight all star. That's that's where I'm at with him. It's not even like, wow. oh, he made all star because uh, you know Bam Bam and the Warrior fans and you know K-pop and and all that sort of stuff. It's like no, like he's one of the 24 best basketball players in the NBA. Through the first two games, he's averaging uh, 21.57 and 3.5 with elite defense. Very. Very good defense. Tonight against Sacramento, another 24-point game, another five rebounds, three steals, two blocks, efficient. Um, on the one on the one hand, we talked about this all last year, he exceeded every one of my expectations. He checked every box. He proved me wrong in multiple ways, um, and he deserves all the craze game. On the other hand, watching him, I'm not convinced that – we saw the best of him last year because watching this player now, uh, I'm not I'm not convinced he can't basically he can't unlock another tier and become an even more impactful player because that's what it looks like right now to me. Yeah, you think you think defensively or offensively? Or both, both. I mean, defensively, you're right. Now, now he's just a guy who gets like two steals, two blocks every game. His hands are everywhere. He had a pick six, which kind of sealed the game. Yeah. Um, all that, like it, it went from him being a good man defender while Draymond was the brain of the defense to him being like a great team defender on top of it and doing a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then on top of it, like offense knows the system, knows where to go, where to get to the spots. It's just, just a all around good player and like exceeding my expectations. I, I think that's someone I'm, I'm with you. And, and by the way, he was kind of the guy that they put the light, light up the, um, Wrong, wrong phrase. Um, slow down De'Aaron Fox, right? Um, at the yeah. end of the game there. He uh, basically in the clay role, although Clay did get a couple stops there too, but it's obvious that Clay's not there uh, anymore. He, he likely won't ever get there. And, and that's Andrew Wiggins' role to, to guard those quicker guys like that. So I'm with you. The three-point shots, um, they kind of deserted him in the, the second half last season. Um, hit, hit or miss in the postseason. So maybe that's something. I mean, he, he's hot again uh, to start the season from three. So maybe that's something. Hitting the step backs that he loves to take. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's the comfort to, to make those step backs that they've kind of veered away from. But hey, if he's going to be this good defensively and make those shots offensively, uh, they might be able to live with a lot of those step back mid ranges. And maybe they, it gives them an element of offense that, you know, they, they could use. Because, dude, this Warriors offense is. Um, we. 
it's it's always a lot of just Steph. It's always a lot of hey, they're they're top five with Steph on the court. They're bottom five with Steph off the court. Um, is there a chance this season that they just end up being a top three offense overall? Just just and and even with Steph off the court, they're still very good on offense. I do think there's a chance of that, and that's partially that's that's Wiggins. It's always going to be Clay, but that's all. That's also primarily Jordan Poole, right? I do this think this team. They Wiseman, be Wiseman's good. part of it for all well, all, sure. the, all the defensive issues. Yes. He, the offense does feel real and like um, he's he's going to score efficiently. Fifteen points just getting up off the bed, James Wiseman, because he's seven one and rolls and 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 has pretty sweet touch. I did think about I, – I thought a lot about DeAndre Ayton with him just to, to go back on Wiseman because he's got the nice soft touch and eight-foot kind of flip shots and stuff like that. But Ayton can play defense. And so that's something we'll, we'll see we'll see uh, as we as we watch Ayton right now, actually, um, or earlier. Anyway. Um, anyway <laughs> and we'll see him Tuesday night. We'll see – actually, yeah. Ayton against Wiseman on Tuesday will be interesting. Um, I'm not even an Ayton guy, but the, the skill and the talent is what it is. So, yeah. 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 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where are you at with Draymond right now? As it, obviously, it was the largest story of the preseason, um, and we all would prefer not to talk about that just because it's exhausting. It feels TMZ-ish. It's tiresome, right? But literally TMZ-ish. I mean, literally. <laughs> Touche. Um, what I was going to say is, uh, I thought against Denver, he looked like peak Draymond tonight. It was more of a regular season Draymond kind of like yeah. he wasn't bad or anything, but he definitely wasn't like in it, you yeah, know, yeah, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, it, do you think they're moving away from that or do you think it's just kind of, uh, frosty? I, I can only go. Because I don't have Sam sources, and I'm also not credentialed in the locker room, you know what I mean. So <laughs> I can only go off what I see on the court. Uh, two t- two takes, um, and this is especially the one off of of Denver on Friday night. Um, one, they are not winning a championship without him this season. They are not even going to come close to winning a championship without him that season. Um, I've never said that they should trade him. I saw people say that they should trade him. I made jokes about how he's not going to be on the team next season, but that's next season. The Warriors are not winning without him, um, especially at his peak. Number two, it does feel like, um, to me, they, they've moved away from the Jordan Pulse. It, to me, they're kind of, that stuff is kind of gone, right? That stuff is kind of in the rearview mirror. Again, I don't know. The locker room might be completely different. Maybe, maybe, maybe Poole and Jordan, uh, Poole and uh, Draymond don't talk, right? Maybe there's the the young guys versus the old guy stuff. I don't know. But from what you can see on the court, it's the same stuff. If if there's some stuff that's happening behind the scenes in the locker room, it's not affecting the way that they play. That that's that's my take. No, I agree with you. Um, I think the interesting thing that the other take we're, we're gonna have to monitor is like the Warriors schedule gets way more interesting coming into the next week not that Denver is not interesting and Sacramento isn't but like Phoenix Chris Paul always a thing and then Miami interesting and then the Warriors hit a six game road trip which 
will be its own thing onto itself going into Southeast. And I think you're going to learn a lot more about the Warriors when they actually get on the road and have to travel together and um, go through some of the rotational things that, that happen when you're on the road. Like, I'm just curious to see how that plays out, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I was thinking about it. I was like, they started with three straight games at home. That's, uh, which is which is interesting. But hey, that's what happens when you're the champion. Which, by the way, that road trip looks pretty easy. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, but it is road games. I mean, they get they get some gimmies. And right? first get, and first road trips just um, timing. A little weird, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It's like Orlando, Orlando. The first time you get on a plane in October it can be a little pluckier than Orlando in January when they're maybe out of it type of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yep. Those sort of things, as you said, dude. The best, the the, war, the best games in the NBA were when you know what a team is or what they can't be is the first twenty twenty five games, right? So we're about to. Although with the Warriors, it seems different this season, where we might not actually know how good they're going to be until game sixty, at least a high, 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 high ceilings, or or maybe it's maybe it's more we don't know if Kaminga and Moody and, and Wiseman can actually play in a playoff series. I don't think we're going to know that until game sixty five. I don't know. Because right now you you could argue that neither none of those guys should be in a playoff rotation. That's for sure. But that's not so, the goal. That's not the goal right now. Someone in the chat's asking, are the Clippers going to be a top three seed? And I have one Clipper take for the show, and that's I have no Clipper takes until Kawhi Leonard is fully healthy for ten games in a row because he's coming off the bench. So weird. Obviously, they're they're trying to get his his body right, um, and. The Clippers with a fully healthy Kawhi and the Clippers without that are not the same thing. The Clippers with a fully healthy Kawhi are worth our attention as a contender. The Clippers without Kawhi are not a contender in any in any level. And all that means is I'm reserving judgment until they're healthy as much as I'd like to see them and I'd love to dissect if I think they're good or you think they're good or talk about it. It's just kind of like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you. I have. I don't have a Clipper stick. I haven't watched them. They they play at weird. They play at weird times when I'm usually drunk or asleep. So um, <laughs> uh, I don't have anything. But I, I I reserve judgment. I am watching um, uh, the the Suns right now beat the snot out of them. But you're right. Like Kawhi, I didn't even know Kawhi was playing till end of the second quarter. It's like what are what are they doing? Right. At some point, you're going to have to figure out if that guy's going to be good or not. But I get it. The guys, the guy can't stay healthy. Right. You got to figure out how to get him healthy through just a regular season. I even talk about talk about. Talk about four postseason series that you have to last. You keep in mind the dude couldn't the dude was limping on one leg at the end of that Toronto series last time. Tell you to this day, to this day, the Warriors win that series if, if Clay if Clay doesn't tear his AC out the end. Anyway, um, we got, should we uh we got we got a couple of goons to get on here, and I think yeah. we gotta get through it. Let's get let's get Ty up here first. Let's get to the goons. Ooh, look at that. Seamless. Oh yo, yo. How's what's up, man? What's up, Ty? Um, not to be too spicy, but fuck Cyrus, that boy's a scrub. Um, I don't know if if all your credentials and in sources and whatnot get you that little play, then I mean somebody's doing something wrong and somebody's doing something right. So like that's all I gotta say on that. <laughs> but um, tough game from for the for the bench. I still feel like there's an insane amount of talent. I think it's time will tell. It's gonna it's gonna take a while. Wiseman's obviously still you know porous on defense. That little stop and throw in thing, though, that he does uh, on the roll, that's just an interesting like thing. I know the Kaminga and Wiseman gets like comped as they're both rollers, they both finish right. at the basket. But I think part of the reason 
Kerr is like leaned Wiseman and the part of it's the, uh, the roster, et cetera, et cetera. But him just being seven one, like as much as I think Kaminga's a top ten athlete in the league and he's nuclear athleticism, all that, you can't he can't just like throw that shit up there because he's got a nine six standing reach and shit. So the sooner Wiseman gets to like palatable on defense, because I don't even know that it needs to be like super crazy, just palatable enough to where he can kind of start to to figure in. I think that takes this team to a different gear. Now, I think Kaminga, to me, has a slightly higher ceiling. Like, I think Kaminga could be like it's all a wings, NBA. It's a wings league. For like, sure. Wings for are sure. always going to have the highest ceiling in general. It's just so far off. And I yeah. think he has to get to a higher level to be useful than Wiseman does, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, once he's eight, like, because he's still trying to, both of them are trash in a team concept defensively. But, you know, Wiseman's just tall. Like, I mean, as, as much as we make fun of the, the whole statue thing, like, I mean, it, it, it's nine, six that you have to get the ball over. It's real. It, it's, it's objectively real. And you're right. So, I mean, it, it, it brings up, like we talked about earlier in the show, the most interesting thing is how do you develop both of them at the same time? Because that's right. what we're really talking about here. It, I, I have no doubt the Warriors can make one of them useful one of them, and and like in a couple years, they might be a stud, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and go through that whole development. But how do you do both of them at the same time while um, maintaining your goal of 55 wins? You know, that sort of thing. I think it gets easier as the season goes, as they get better. I think part of that is just going to be nights like tonight where you get up big because it's the best starting five, best top six in basketball, you get up big. Then you let the kids fuck around. You let them take their lumps. You know, maybe they blow a lead. Maybe they don't. But you just kind of, I don't know. It's as funny as it sounds. We're back to 2021. We're not chasing wins. So it's kind of like, you know, as long as we can get to the to the playoffs at, at, at a certain level, I think it's if, if we're at 53 in the fourth seed instead of 57 in the two seed, but – Kaminga, Moody, or yeah, two of the three kids already, you know, yeah. it's obviously a, a better situation. I, I would get, by the way, that the mixture of uh, 2021 and 2022 is a good, is a good, or 2021. So it's not as, da- it's not as dark as 2021, but that's a good way to put it. It's, it's uh, you know, we're remixing the two, hoping, hoping it tastes good at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Right. Bingo. All right, Ty, we appreciate you. I appreciate, you, I appreciate you, brother. That's a sick mic. Um, I like that. I like the way you put it. Um, fifty, like fifty-two wins versus fifty-seven wins, right? For example, mm-hmm. um, do you sacrifice five wins if you can get Kaminga ready for the postseason? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, yeah, absolutely. You kind of can't. You can't tell. I mean, that's just kind of like a demarcation line. It's just kind of vague, and you kind of hope that's that's what. But um, I think that's a good way to think about it. Where I think with the Nuggets game specifically, I'm okay with that one um, because I, I hope that what Steve doesn't do is say, well, Kaminga was pretty bad against the Nuggets. Let's sit him for a week. That's that's absolutely not something that they should be doing. They did that last season, and I was completely for that because I had no idea how good the Warriors were. Let, let's go and gun for these wins in a title, right? But now mm-hmm. it's it's we know those six top six, seven guys are ready for the, for the postseason, but um, – I think we might have to just fast forward it, bring in the closer. Sometimes Uh-oh. you, uh, you know, sometimes you got to get him in in the eighth, go, uh, you know, 
four you need four to five outs right now well let me, well, let yeah, me tell yeah, you yeah. the the padres should have done that today if they if ah. they had figured out they, <laughs> they had, what the hell is josh Hader for if you're not bringing in Josh Hader to, to pitch against Bryce Harper, what are we doing here? Anyway. The Padres are a shit franchise. So, <laughs> you know what? I mean, come on, look at they wear brown uniforms. It's it's literally written on their colors. Oh, They're a shit franchise. Um, but you know, brown, brown is a we share a spring training facility with them. I hate the Padres. Screw them. Um, so you know, they're just completely worthless. Um, and glad they're showing it too. Uh, but you know, this game was just awful. I've how do we not? How do we not score like 140, 150 in this game after putting up ninety in the first half? Which is disinterested second half, and you know I, I like seeing the kids. It was good, but you know like they, pff, the whole kids unit, like they started sprinkling around some other stuff with wigs and with clay. I thought that was good. Um, it only made it mildly worse, or not mild as bad as it was, mildly better, I should say. Um, you know than what it has been. Um, it, it, it's, it's just, it's just concerning. And, and for me, I'm a fan of Kaminga. Um, I think it's doing him a huge disservice to have this giant lane clogger rolling to the hole and basically doing all the same cuts he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's just taking up the space with him. It's, it's just the wrong play. So if that's not, if that's where he is, that he's really more of a four, he needs to then play with the starters, right? He needs to come in as like sixth, seventh guy and play with the starters, or there needs to be a third type of lineup that doesn't have Wiseman with the second unit that he can actually get that work in, right? Um, that or else we're going to have to send him to Santa Cruz because how's he going to get any work in? You know, he's not going to be able to do the things he's good at because Wiseman's in the same spots, and it just makes it difficult. And I think Kurt's going to figure that out. I mean, that's what we're going to see with these games. And when we play these trash teams like San, San Antonio, when we play a Utah, we'll see more of it, and they'll figure it out. It's just early bumps right now, and I know everyone likes to react to the immediate, but it, it's just sometimes hard when it's like, shit, we almost blew this game because of this. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think that's the, the, the patience part, I think, is the one that you need. Now, not the Fitz type of patience where, where it's, you know, just, oh, my God, Wiseman is 20 years old every two minutes on the broadcast, right? But um, I think patience in kind of uh, the coaching staff to understand who to, who to play and, and what. Because we saw what they did last season, I think, the coaching staff and how they developed certain players, especially look at GP2. Um, you, look at, you look at Andrew Wiggins even. Uh, I do think even even Kaminga got a lot, a lot better from the uh, beginning of the season from the to the end of the season. I do think like some of my disappointment with Kaminga is I don't feel like he got better from year one to year two in the offseason. I just don't feel like anything changed. But again, I do think that this season, I think that's something to look for. I mean, look at Wiseman. He's gotten a lot better with a lot more to get to. Um, so I do think I, the one thing I have is which is which is fascinating to me is like Sam was saying, I'm watching the Suns right now and the Warriors are going to be in Phoenix and playing them. Uh, if they want to win that game, they might have to shorten that rotation or nine. Who's going to sit, right? And uh, is is there is there a chance that Kaminga just doesn't play, right? We know Dante's not going to play. Is there a chance that Wiseman's only going to play eight minutes? And so how are they going to merge developing those guys, especially in a game where it's, you know, it's the Suns. You don't just want to throw that baby away, right? And so um, I'm going to find that interesting, which, you know, I, I think more so than if the Warriors had just a veteran team, I would think the regular season is kind of boring. But, man, this is... 
this is this is this is good for podcasting right here. This is good for downloads. This is good, good for stamina. Yeah, this is stuff. great for your content, but <laughs> I mean, great. I mean, just like fighting Stressful. with Cyrus is great for content too. I mean, yeah, screw yeah. that guy. I mean, who goes yeah, out fine. there and really kind of tries to light people up on the side and then begs to get on their shows and stuff without without everyone knowing? I mean, it's just total trash. <laughs> I mean, this guy <laughs> is writing Rick Barry's coattails. Rick Barry is on the seat. Steve Carlton scale of lunatic. Like it's it's just absolutely nothing. That's his claim to fame that like I got radnish coffee and I, I sucked off uh, you know, Rick Barry, you know, like what the hell? Like that's that's no good. You know, like get this guy out of here. I don't care if he's on the lock on network. I mean that that network's tragic. Anyway. McWalter, oh. I appreciate you, sir. Sam, you got anything? No, that's it. That's it. I appreciate you, McWalter. Appreciate everyone. Um yeah. We'll be back.